Welcome to Prop Chat. We are here to talk about property, the ups, the downs, and how you can get started in property investing. And now, here's your host, Dave McGlashan. Hello and welcome to Prop Chat. I'm Dave McGlashan, your host, and today I'm going to sit down with Kat Wolf. Kat is a fantastic human being. She's a podcast host, a commercial property broker, and we had a really fun time sitting down talking about the industry, talking about buyers, talking about our listeners, and giving getting some advice on how do people get started in the property industry. But before we get into the podcast, go and subscribe to Kat's podcast. Open up your preferred podcast app, type in Property Wolf, that's W-O-O-R-F, hit subscribe and start learning from her as well. You need to, as property investors, learn from as many people as you can. Kat's podcast is a fantastic resource with tons of knowledge and I'm really sure you'll enjoy it if you enjoy this podcast. Let's get into the show. So I'm sitting here with Kat Will. Hi, Kat. How are you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Fantastic. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. Um, Kat, I just want to really get the audience introduced to you because obviously you've got a podcast running, you're involved in the property industry. So can you quickly tell us who you are, what you do? Yeah, so I'm Kat Wolf. Um, I've got a commercial property brokerage called the Space Online Group. Uh, we are in Joburg and uh, we do all things commercial, so office space online, industrial space online, and retail space online. Um, the retail part's been a particularly interesting uh, little venture that we've gone on, but uh, that's mm. a little side note. And then um, I have a podcast called The Prophecy Wolf, um, kind of focusing on education and uh, and l- like local uh, property-related content. Yeah, hundreds. So, so tell us about why you started the podcast. What What is your motivation for getting the podcast going? Well, I think the property industry has been really good to me, and... I really love it. And I have had this desire from being a little girl, uh, really wanting to make a lot of money. And somehow (laughs) property was really appealing to me uh, for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Also love the designs part of it and the the development part of it. And all things property just kind of excited me. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I'm quite passionate about financial independence and um, about using property to give us the thing that we want most in life, which really is freedom. It's mm, not money. Yeah. Um, and, and property is a great platform in order to do that. So I just I wanted a platform that I could share my knowledge and um, talk to great property minds and uh, learn more myself and uh, just kind of give back to the industry. No, sounds good. So you you speak a lot about from your perspective as an investor and how your investing journey and different strategies. Is that right? No, um, I tend to get guys to uh, p- p- bring people on. I don't often do stuff on my own, although I do. And those are our little um, little tidbits on uh, just like little tips. Um, but I prefer to get investors, or not necessarily just investors, guys who are specialists in various fields. So like house check and um, or an attorney or uh, data, like Lightstone, I've done a couple of things with them. And, you know, that's... That kind of stuff where we're just taking someone who has a specialist uh, like a, uh, who specializes in uh, various sectors of the industry because as you know the industry is vast and there's many yeah, facets to it um, and just learning from those guys more than me yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so far today your favorite maybe favorite's not a right way to put it your one of the interviews you enjoyed the most um 
I think that the stuff that I do with um, Carlo Mariani is uh, one of my, my mm. favorites. Carlo has got a, uh, a business called The Property Coach, and he does uh, some, some really amazing educational things. Uh, but he's Italian, and yes. he's got a great sense of humor, and he, he's got a, a great knack for property, and I, I always have fun uh, having Carlo on my show. We, just, we did uh, something recently, which uh, we'll probably release in the next week or two um, about uh, lessons learned from investing, uh, lessons learned from negotiating La Bola uh, <laughs> for property. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, Carlos is a really fun guy. He's got tons of great stories. He as does well. have good stories. <laughs> so, so tell me a bit about your philosophy around investing. What is your fundamental belief around getting the public involved in property investing? Um, so like I said, it's it's really about creating passive income hmm. um, and creating assets that work for you. So uh, managing those assets in a way where you minimize the amount of time that you need to put in and yeah. uh, give them the right amount of care, but uh, get them into a state where property is working for you so that you're not working for your money all the time. And what, what challenges are you finding that your audience is finding? Because with, with my audience, we're, we're getting a lot of people who struggling to start and definitely finance is always one of those questions. So what challenges are you finding with your audience? Yeah, um, finance, 100%. And then just like, uh, I think property is this very big, scary thing for a mm. lot of people. And I find that a lot of people like to educate themselves, but not <laughs> actually do anything yeah. because there, there are so many perceived barriers to entry. And without proper knowledge, those guys um, are, are not doing anything. And when you're, you teach them what to do and kind of give them the step-by-step step and br slowly break down all those barriers that they've put in their heads, um, it, it kind of makes that uh, that next step of actually putting money down and signing an OTP yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit more doable. So I'd say it, like, actually actioning what what people have mm. been learning. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a lot about getting those the momentum started and yes. even just start viewing, start viewing and start talking to estate agents because yes. there's people who build it up and try and set up goals and systems and processes and they just get stagnated on that sort of analysis paralysis yes, stage. absolutely. And it's so critical yeah. for them to just start doing something. Yeah. And they think that the process is a lot harder than it actually is. And mm. so when you go through it yourself, you realize, oh, it's not so bad. I wish I'd started this 10 years ago. <laughs> so just start, people. <laughs> yeah, I think one of my one of my mentors, he told me uh, property is very simple. It's, it's a lot of hard work, but it's very simple. And yeah. I really appreciate that because it's a very true sentiment. Yeah. So... I think one of the challenges you and me face as podcasters in the industry and as guys who are trying to change the environment and the culture in this country is that there isn't a culture around investing in South Africa. No. The, you go to the UK, you go to the America, it's, you hear people getting on the ladder and you hear that. And what do you think people can do to improve that, to change it, to get that to start growing? So, I mean, I think that the banks have got a fundamental role in this. Um, mm. But again, I also think that, so, so that aside, I think people don't 
think enough out of the box. Yeah. Um, we tend to uh, to be very daunted by the fact that we, we we think that we need so much money to get started and we need mm. so many skills to get started. Um, and, and we don't realize that actually we've got those skills around us. We just need to talk to people. Um, we've got Google. All the information <laughs> that you possibly need is for free on Google. You could just type it in and do your own research. You know, so there's actually many different ways that you could go about it if you really wanted to do it. Um, the banks, for instance, um, yes, the banks do need to come to the party, but also people have got more resources around them if they really think about it. Yeah. And if they really were to speak to friends and family or friends of friends or whatever, like if you really want to do it, there are many other ways rather than just the vanilla route of going to the bank or saving mm. up for a deposit. Um, and I think if we're able to think more creatively about our deals and think about how we can do something rather than the reasons why we can't, yeah. um, I, I think we, we'd be in a, a, a much better place as a society. Yeah, it's definitely something I try to do a lot of is talk to people who've done the, the more creative strategies, yeah. the, the creative finance, the installment sale agreements, yeah. the, the, the lease backs, those sort of things, because that's a really nice sort of... And as a broker, that's the kind of stuff I really like. Mm. So again, like talk to a good broker about how you want to do something or about what you want to do and uh, see if they've got more creative ideas of how to put a, a solution together for you. You know, what are your problems? Why can't you do it? And it really is a broker's job or an agent's job to, to help you solve those problems. So, you know, working together with a, with a good broker. But yeah. that is one of the things that I love about broking is that creative problem solving, like not only for myself, yeah. but for other people. And that's it. As a residential investor, historically, I've always looked at the commercial sector for those ideas because things like leasebacks, practically never done in residential, but it can work. I mean, legally it's there, it's viable. So if you take the time to watch the commercial sector and see what brokers are doing, then you can start taking those methodologies and apply them to residential. Yeah, that's that's a, um, a, a great idea. So talk to me about how you got started in property then. What, what is your first deal? Oh gosh, wow, my first deal, that's taking me back a really long time. And Oh, okay, I know I remember my it's first deal. It's not that far back. <laughs> uh, 12 years back is a fairly long time for me anyway. <laughs> my memory, oof. Um, my first deal was a guy called David, and... Um, I did so much running around for this guy. I don't mm. think I ever gave anyone so much attention again. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely right. didn't know that I was, uh, that, that he was my first. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a really nice guy. And uh, we went all over Joburg showing him various spaces. And eventually, I think it was about a 150 square meter deal, um, which is a Very relatively small, small deal. Yeah. Um, but on a three-year lease, it was, it was decent at the end of the day. So yeah, that was... It's a good that, that was my first. <laughs> and and what's your, what are your goals for you and your portfolio and long term? What do you what do you want it to look like? Student accommodation, town of commercial. What so do you, what do my you like? uh, yeah no, not student accommodation. <laughs> I just on a side note on that, I think that uh, the student accommodation. Uh, buzzword has uh, has become a bit too much of a buzzword, and um, there's been a lot of hype around it. And I'm not convinced that the numbers are really there. There's a lot more barriers to entry than people think that there are, and there are a lot more cartels than people like to admit. Um, so no, it's not my favorite. Um, it, yeah. It's not my favorite sector. And, and there's challenges to the sector, and there's extra work. It's the same as the Airbnb rush that we had. It's yeah. Same issues. Yeah. 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 So sorry. Back to the, the question. You and yeah. Your... So I, I, my, my really my 
uh, my dream with property is to take um, properties that are in decent areas but are not great properties, uh, in areas where people would actually like to live. And at the moment, we've got quite an oversupply of office space and particularly um, older B-grade C-grade office space that no one wants to go into and taking those old buildings and converting them into residential, but affordable residential um, in a different way. So like kind of like micro living, Hmm. where you have a very small space, but you have communal spaces and almost creating like a halfway house for economic prisoners of South Africa, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, where you, you we acknowledge that there's um, massive problems from the past and the, 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 the greater barrier to getting into the job market and getting out of um, shack living is education. Yeah. And to help people bridge that gap within like a program structure, Mm. Um, and a living structure to teach them how to look after your environment and how to engage with your environment a bit better and uh, train people to do to to uh, how to do job interviews yeah. and just like the basic stuff to help people get into a more formal working sector um, through housing. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's really what that I'm passionate fun. about, and, um, and, and I'd, I'd really like to yeah. get to and the market needs it i mean from a from a cape town perspective that's what the city wants so they want more inner city living yeah. they want more residential inside the cbd yeah. and city of Joburg to some extent as well with some sectors yeah i mean and it's it's crazy we've got a massive shortage of housing mm. but then we've got a massive oversupply of uh, office space yeah. so can we not you know <laughs> put the two it's surely yeah. it's yeah. obvious <laughs> Pretty, there's two pieces here. yeah and i think the people are quite scared about the idea of commercial property what what would you tell to someone who's coming from a residential background and looking to go into commercial or looking to buy a commercial to do a conversion to res what what would you tell them to to help ease them into the process look the conversion to res is a slightly different answer but to to maybe just answer the getting into commercial yeah. first um, i think you need to be a little bit careful of, of commercial um, mm. going from res. It's a completely different game. It is. Um, but if you if you do it right and you get the right tenant, so commercial is really all about the tenants, mm. um, and it's about the strength of that tenant. The advantage of commercial is that you've got those longer leases, yeah. um, and you've also got a business backing you up. Um, and the you, you, the longer leases also give you escalations, which is great because in residential you can't necessarily escalate those rentals by eight, 10% no. every year. And in commercial, that's a very standard thing. Yeah. So your risks are uh, uh, your risk are a little bit higher, especially right now, just because there's an oversupply. Yeah. And Vacancy rates are huge. Yeah, and, and businesses are struggling. Um, and businesses downscale. Mm. Whereas in res, everyone needs a place to live. Yeah. You know, and you, yeah, you might, you might want to downscale, but, but if you're in the right sector in res, you've pretty much always going to have a tenant and you're not likely to have uh, 
couple of months worth of vacancy, mm. whereas in commercial, that's that's a very likely possibility. Very so likely. you just need to be careful of that. But with that risk comes the reward of the greater returns. No, 100%. So. And where are you seeing the opportunity with going into commercial property or industrial is... Is there space in, in industrial and retail anymore? Is that still a valid sector to look at? Yeah, industrial's some um, pretty strong sectors. Even now, um, it's really hard to just up and move um, mm. an industrial warehouse or factory yeah. or, or whatever. They, those guys tend to stay for longer periods and um, and weather out those storms a little bit better. Um, so at the moment, I'm finding a. a fairly strong demand for industrial property. Um, what was your other... Uh, retail? Uh, retail? Yeah. <laughs> Loaded question. <laughs> yeah, retail is kind of difficult to answer in a straightforward way because it really depends on where the center is and what your tenant mix is. Hmm. Um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity with retail if you think differently and I think we as I mean I'm personally so bored with the mall (laughs) regional seeing the 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 same shit in the same centers just in a different place yeah um but I I think that we're really hungry for experiences Mm. and going into retail that creates experiences and seeing different things and being inspired by that kind of using spaces to inspire us so I think retail's got a really exciting opportunity uh, but you, you've got to get that tenant mix right, and you've got to get um, the mix of the anchor to draw people in, but the the more niche uh, uh, shops. Yeah, you've yeah. got to get that mix right. Yeah, you got to get that balance. You got to get something that'll, like he says, it's it's out of the norm. It breaks the mold. It's it's not just the usual. Um, I also strip think um, with, with retail, things like little convenience centers are going to start becoming a whole lot more popular than a mall. I mean, I personally would much rather go into a convenience center where I can quickly park outside pretty much where I want to go, yeah. go in and get out of there. I don't want to have to go into a mall where it's dark and air conditioned <laughs> and I've got to walk uh, half a kilometer to where I want to go if I'm lucky yeah Yeah. (laughs) no that's good and and sort of bringing it back down to the earth for the listeners um obviously most people start in residential what are you telling people to look at when they want to get started in residential what what do you think is the no yeah the the sort of generic best first deal for people to aim for I think that's lower end markets where you've got mm. all the demand. Yeah. That, that really is the safest place to start because really what you want to do in property is mitigate risk. Yeah. And, um, and, and your biggest risk in property is vacancy and tenants. So you want to, you, you want to get into something where you're always going to have good demand and that is kind of in the flat uh, kind of... Uh, yeah, like yeah. Small markets under yeah under under 10. a million rand. Yeah, and under oh, ten thousand rand. Ten thousand yeah. rand a month. Yeah, so I th- I think that that's a really good place to start. Um, I had another point in my head that uh, has jumped out for now. So let's leave it there. The flat markets. <laughs> no, that's good. So I think it's it's key that people definitely start looking at getting onto property ladders, but 
I think one of the things that people often look at when they're trying to get started in property investing is some of the larger investment groups. I'm not going to throw some names around for the sake of my legal risk, but um, there's a lot of companies out there marketing and pushing saying, you can invest with us, we'll guarantee rentals, we can do these set returns, and then they build four or 500 units. What do you tell to, what do you tell to someone who wants to buy one of those? You know, it depends. It depends what kind of investor you want to be. If you want the safe route and you want uh, someone to do all the work for you and you're happy just to get a nominal return out of it, then fine, do that. But you're never going to make a fortune out of property if, if that's your model. And you know what? Maybe that's a good place to start. And you'll struggle to beat a rate. Like, yeah. There's rates that do very well compared to the, the large development groups. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you're not going to make, you know, that, that developer's making the money. Yes. So I, I just believe if you're going to get into property, have a passion for it and enjoy what you're doing mm. and find your own angle to add value. Because at the end of the day, that's what we, we, we're doing this as investors to make money for ourselves. So if you're not passionate about doing it yourself and getting your hands dirty and about learning your own lessons, maybe property is not the best investment strategy for you. Maybe you should invest on the, in property in the JC rather, yeah. Yeah. rather than getting your own hands dirty. That's yeah, and I think that that's sort of a turn I want to sort of come to an end on is it's that property really needs to be an industry where you need to apply yourself and you need to take this seriously and you need to put your effort in. So part of that for me is I tell all my clients and my, all the investors I speak to do spend time learning the industry. It doesn't matter if it's an American content, just learn and be there and indulge in, indulge in the industry and dive into it and learn. Yeah. What, what, do you, what resources do you recommend to people other than your podcast, obviously, to go and learn and why do you tell people that they should be learning? Well, I mean, one of the biggest things that I advocate in getting into property is is going into the area you want to be in mm. and and really put your glasses on, look around and and pay attention. Watch people, watch how they engage in the area, watch, talk to tenants, talk to people who are, are in the building or in the area, ask them what they like and don't like about it. Really start to understand what it is that makes that area tick. That's my biggest yeah. thing is, is really do your on-the-ground research. Yeah. I think it's very easy to sit behind a computer mm. and there's plenty of resources that we could be talking about, uh, you know, Lightstone or... Uh, TPN, everyone knows Yeah, there's, there's plenty of great online tools to use but that's kind of the obvious step yeah. for me and this going and doing your own research should be the obvious yeah. place to nothing start. quite trumps like driving the streets and walking yeah. and jogging through an area yeah. and uh, talking to people asking them what they do and don't like about an area what's the crime like what you know what tenants are coming and going why what kind of people are coming into the area why do people like it why do they not like it why are they leaving you know really understand because if you if you don't understand Understand, you can't pick a strategy that's going to work in an area. Yeah, 100%. And lastly, I guess I wanted you to leave a bit of words of advice for people who are sitting there and they're either in corporate or they're looking to get into the industry. What is your one final bit of advice for those people that just want to get started? Just do it. 
<laughs> I actually wanted to say, just fucking do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Kat, thank you so much. It's been Thanks, great Dave. fun. Been I really awesome. appreciate it. Cool. Cheers. Ciao. Thank you for joining us on Prop Chat, brought to you by SA Property Investors Network. Make sure you visit their website, www.sapropertynetwork.com, where you will find ebooks, webinars, newsletters, training videos, property assessment tools, event tickets, and much more. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so you'll never miss a show. SA Property Investors Network, a place where property investors meet. Connect today. Expand tomorrow.